Uh, hi, how are you? How are you, Armin? All right, so um, today we are with Yuval. Am I, am I saying it right, right? So Yuval is an uh, Israeli, but he's left Israel for a very long time. He lives in Australia, correct, right? Yep. Uh, but uh, you are very passionate Israeli. You are... Still, yes. You're still very passionate and you follow everything closely and you are a very active member of the Atheist Republic community as well. Um, you contribute a lot in, in, in a lot of... You correct us many times when we get things wrong. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, so I thought the best... So I don't know if people are following the news, but Israel is a mess these days. Is that accurate? Is that, a, is that accurate? But, uh, yes, but yeah. certain things are actually getting correct. Uh, right. Very, very good news for seculars and atheists in Israel. Just from yesterday, I don't know how much you follow the news in Israel. Okay, I, I follow it. I follow it some um, a lot, but probably much less than you. Okay, so I'll tell you. Well, I will let you educate us. But before we get into the details on what's happening with the secularists, I think we need to do a little bit of a one-on-one uh, and a little bit of what it, what's been happening in the past few months before for to catch some people up before we can get into what's yes. happening now and how is this good for atheists and secularists, right? So, so you wanna you wanna do you want me to yes. tell, yeah go. Ahead. Okay. Uh, no, you you can start. Uh, it's up so to my you. my understanding is my understand. Okay, so I don't know. Do you want to just start with tell, telling people the yes. first like, what happened with the first election? Why did okay. we have to go with the second election, so, and why we're going to the third election? Right? Yes. Yeah, so Israel had election. We're not sure we're going to a thir third election. Israel had elections in uh, 2019. I think the first one was in April or May. I can't correct me if I'm wrong because I I'm, I'm losing track already. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but Israel had elections about about half a year ago, uh, and then uh, uh, the way it goes in Israel is uh, the parties, uh, you know, each party gets a certain portion of the votes, and yes. then uh, may all mem members of all parties go to the president and recommend the person they think should form uh, the coalition and right. become the prime minister. If that person manages to form a coalition within 21 days, all good. If not, that person has to go back to the president, give the mandate back, and then the, the president assigns someone else to do it. How many what seats do you need to do this? 60 something, right? Now, 60. now Israel has 120, 120 uh, parliament members, Knesset members. So okay. obviously, if you get the support of 61 of them, uh, you, you have a relatively stable coalition, relatively stable coalition. Unlike, for example, Britain, Israel almost always had a hung parliament. That means you never had in Israel, you never had in its history a situation where one party had more of, uh, more of, uh, than 60 seats in the parliament. So it was always a, a, the largest party always depended on another was dependent on another party to mm. form a coalition. It's not like in Britain, you know, the Labour get more than 50% of the votes. That is, that's it. It's a Labour government. It's a majority government. It, it never it's happened. Israel, it's, it's always a hung parliament. Okay, now, okay. Okay, now, now that we got that bit right, uh, the last Prime Minister of Israel uh, was, is, uh, was Benjamin Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu. Netanyahu uh, is under uh, was a suspect in at least three corruption cases. 
Right. And the the popular wisdom is he probably said that's not true. The popular wisdom is that he was he was trying every maneuver in the book and outside of the book to remain in power. So the next coalition he forms will pass laws that would grant him immunity from right. those uh, from those charges. Okay, we're what getting ahead of we're getting a little well, bit ahead well, of ourselves. Okay. No, 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 it has to do it has to do with what happened in the in the first elections of this year. So the first elections of this year, Benjamin Netanyahu got uh, got the support of most uh, most parties. The president told him, "Okay, go and try and form, uh, go and try and form a, gov a coalition." But because this was, was in April 2018, April yes, uh, okay. 19, yes. Oh, 19, then, yeah. Sorry, 19, yes. Yes, oh, I think you said 18. All of this is happening in 20. All of this is very recent. The first election yes. was 2019. The second was second in election the, 2019, 2019 well. and the third one is probably going to be in 2019 yes, as well. we'll yeah, if, if okay. there'll be a third one, we'll see. But okay. uh, the, we'll probably have them. But now Netanyahu still, because it was still a stalemate in the political system and because of Lieberman that we're going to talk about soon, yeah. uh, Netanyahu, uh, Netanyahu couldn't form a coalition. Now, normally, he would what? go to the president. He would go to the president and say, "Okay, I couldn't form a coalition. Here's the mandate. Give the mandate to someone else." Mm -hmm. But Netanyahu didn't want that because he was afraid his rivals could would form a coalition. So instead, he had the Knesset vote for another election within a few months. So he won't have to give the mandate back to the president. And he was hoping that he would gain. So, more. so no. Before you go, so that the yes. first election, he got how many? So how many seats did he get? He got. Oh. I got, uh, wait, I have to check the exact seats. It he was got 30 something, I think it was 35, if my memory serves me right. Right. But uh, then he like, he's like, so if you can't form it because he didn't have enough seats, just l like usual, uh, he needed to rely on some other parties to be able to yes, form a government. Exactly. But because he didn't have, nobody, nobody, he didn't manage to get enough. That that made him desperate, and then that's why he used he got united with a lot of far right groups, right? Far right uh, parties. He got united not with in for, towards the the elections of uh, September. He got he united with a center right party, not with a far right party. Center right, but religious, but religious party. Uh, right? No, 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 no. He wasn't united. He didn't get united with the religious party towards. Oh, the, that happened in the second one. Yes, that okay, happened okay. right now. That happened right, all right now. All right, all right. So sorry. So so he didn't get enough seats, but usually they're like, oh, the president is like, okay, so if you can't form a government, we're gonna go with someone else. Netanyahu yes. is like, no, forget that. Um, elections yes. again. But this the second election ended up being worse for him. Right? Exactly. So, so the second elections were worse for Netanyahu. Mm -hmm. uh, he's even he was even in a, in a tougher spot, uh, and then and. He had 30, guess, how many? 30? Uh, 32. Went, I think he had 32, where 31. with blue and white, his major rivals had 33. So they had only one seat uh, more than him. Um, but, uh, but in terms of forming a coalition, you need 61. In terms of forming yeah. a coalition, he had but, a hard but, time. But, and but the he first had election, for several reasons. The, the first election, he had more seats than the... Yeah, uh, let me, I'll tell you exactly how much he had, because I'm just opening right now as we speak, so I, I, I don't want to get the numbers wrong, because every seat here is... Uh, every seat here so, counts. This, yeah, and this, <laughs> this is like so, like, neck and neck. It's so... Every seat, like, counts. Yeah, yeah. So, so the first... The, 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 uh, the, the elections for the 21st parliament, that was the 9th of April, mm. right? Uh, he had 35 okay. seats, and blue and white had 35 seats. Right? Oh, okay. 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 
Okay, now the elections the of the... Uh, yeah. The and second the one, one was... The, what, second what, what, one, mm. the second one, he lost, he, he had 32 seats. And, and uh, Blue and White had 33 seats. So Blue and White had more than him. And what, what, what month was this? What month was this? That was September. So we had one election in April and then another election in September. September. Now we're yeah. going to go for a third one. This, is his, this has never happened in Israel's history. Oh, okay? no, no. No, <laughs> never, never, never happened. Uh, and and uh, I, I, guess, I guess we need to get to the background of the election more because normally election in Israel would be based on some kind of ideological background. Some, you know... Uh, some people want to have a two-state solution and then others think no or something like that. But in, these elections were basically around whether Netanyahu should keep on being prime minister or not. Right. So this is the first election where the whole Palestinian thing is not as much of the discussion. No, as no. Used to. This is more... No. This is this is the first time that that's not even being talked about as much. Like No, he, no. He, yeah, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Is that correct what I'm saying? Yes, yes, because, because uh, fortunately, well, unfortunately, but it turned out to be a blessing in disguise, the, it appears that mo the Israeli pub public has shifted to the right, mm. uh, so the left has dwindled. The, the left regret, I personally, regretfully for me, obviously, because I'm a lefty, the left has dwindled. Uh, just so you have a notion, the Labour Party, that's the party that ruled Israel for consecutive 29 years. From its beginning, the Labour Party now has five percent of the votes. Okay, right? so they're they're not irrelevant. They had it. They had the. Yes. They they ruled Israel for how many years? Twenty. They they ruled Israel from 1948 until 1977, and they they've dwindled. They've dwindled okay. to. They've dwindled now to five percent of the votes. So right? that they're irrelevant now. But so just to keep for just doing the one on one. That we have right now, Netanyahu's party is the Likud party, right? That's correct. Uh, and that's that's the, and the other, the blue and white, or the white and blue. Blue, blue and white. Blue and white is what's his name? Gantz. 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 Right. Ben okay. So Netanyahu is the leader of the Likud party, and Gantz is the leader of the blue and white party, and these are the yes. two main players. Okay. Everybody else is just a side party, but they become very important because neither Likud or blue and white is uh, they're not working with each other so they have to go beg these all these small little parties yes. to please yes. come join us so we can form a government because Lakud and blue and white are not working with each other and they yes. refuse to work with each other but now, they also have correct me if i'm wrong they have different reasons why they're not working with each other exactly. uh, the, the, the reason why blue and white is not working with Lakud is because blue and white promised promise is meant for uh, the people that voted for the blue and white is that they will not work with Netanyahu given that and he now, has because he has corruption and there's an indictment yes, coming yes. so they're, they're they're telling like we will form a unity government with Lakud only if Netanyahu. only if Netanyahu steps back and exactly and Netanyahu is like saying no I'm not stepping back yes the, the reason why Lakud is not working with blue and white is what well <laughs> well the main the main reason is Netanyahu doesn't want to go that's the main reason He's That's being very it. selfish. Like he, the only reason why Netanyahu doesn't want to go is because he knows that he needs to be prime minister if he doesn't want to go. If he doesn't want to go to court, if he doesn't want to go yes. to jail. Yes. So for yes. everybody else, this is political. 
for Netanyahu, this is very, very, very personal. Very, it's very, very personal. But the thing with Netanyahu, look, Netanyahu, first of all, personally, is a very intelligent person. He's, he's, he's very bright. And regrettably, part of his brilliance manifests in the way that he managed to, to do PR, you know, mm-hmm. for, and, to, and to influence people's minds. And he's managed to influence a lot of people in Israel to believe that, first of all, it's all a deep state conspiracy against him. <laughs> and secondly, yeah. and secondly, it's all it's all the just you know the courts are against him and all the all this uh, the media is against him. Every, yeah, everybody, but not not you, the people. You, the people, you support me. The only problem is is those guys in the court, those lefties in the court, and and those lefties in the media, and they they are against me. Not you, the people. You support me. Uh, so he managed to push this agenda. The second thing, he managed to persuade a lot of Israelis that he is really the best person to lead Israel. Right. And God forbid, if, if he won't lead Israel, God knows what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Because the whole no, thing no one, right. Yeah, he's like irre- irreplaceable. That's now, why he wants, that's why he like likes a war with Iran, because he wants people, convince people that without him, the enemies are just going to come and just take I'm, over. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's his best card because who is running against him in blue and white? Three uh, very respected generals, mm-hmm. a, a former deputy head of the Mossad. So <laughs> the people, the people, the people in blue and white. The and they, and this is an anomaly. This is quite an anomaly in Israeli politics. Uh, you'd have the right wing support the right wing, whereas a lot of the top brass in the army. And top Mossad and top uh, Shin Bet, the secret, secret service, there they once they leave their jobs, they always most of them lean to the left or center left. Right. So right. So and the, and this always an anomaly. So usually in other countries, uh, the right wing supporters they would follow a military figure, you know, some military charismatic military figure. In Israel, the fact that the generals mostly support the left wing or the center left. Doesn't convince right-wing hard die, uh, you know, die-hard right-wing supporters to shift sides. They will stay in the right, and they will come right. up with all kind of excuses why those generals actually get it wrong. Right. Now, I want to go back to the fact. I want to go back to the fact that today most of Israeli society is, is right and center-right and not left. That on what the result of that was that you don't talk about the Palestinian issue anymore. If you don't talk about the Palestinian issue anymore. You start talking about other things, corruption, religion and state, all kinds of things that, that before were very easily brushed under the carpet because, because you say, oh, if you vote to these guys, you know, they want to go with the Arabs, they want to give land to the Palestinians, whatever. Right. Now this debate is over, unfortunately. So right. over, so, then people start thinking about other stuff because, because they vote, they would say, oh, so, I but that, that's Netanyahu wants them to focus on the Palestinian issue, right? Uh, I think he does, but he's more security very issues. Yeah, but yeah. but he's not very clever at it because people mm-hmm. start understanding that he's not the best person to protect Israel. He's actually Netanyahu now is responsible for delivering monthly fifteen million dollars to Hamas. Every month, Hamas gets fifteen million dollars because Netanyahu facilitates it. If Netanyahu okay. wanted, he could have stopped it, right? People who live near the Gaza Strip in Israel, they, they are receiving, a, you know, they are, they are subject to rocket attacks for years, right. for years now. Uh, and recently, so, recently we had around 300 of them coming in from uh, just how many days ago? That I've, was pretty I've, I've lost 
honestly, I've lost count. I'm not counting right. anymore. It's, okay. it's just, it's just no. It's just a natural, you know. Yeah. It's just you know. Some countries have malaria, and southern Israel has rockets. You know, it's it's uh, that that's our. But but I, it was one thing I would just want to emphasize one more time. The reason why the blue and white party is not working with Lakud is because they they want Netanyahu to step down before they form yes. a majority government. And the reason why Lakud is not working with uh, blue and white is because it's Netanyahu is like I'm not going to step down. Yeah. Um, and but here but here's the thing. They could they could make a government in tomorrow if Netanyahu is stepped down. Uh, he, if down. Like Absolutely. there is no Lakud would be f- willing to work with Blue and White, and Blue and White would be willing to work with Lakud as oh, yes. if Netanyahu just steps down and they're gonna have a government. Blue so he's White, only, yeah. Blue so and he's, White is full with is, has a lot of right wing people in it. Blue Blue and White. Some people in Blue and White are more right wing than Netanyahu. So the he's only, basically the Netanyahu. Only unifying, the only unifying agenda of blue and white is getting rid of Netanyahu. That's the only thing that puts all those guys together. Some of them are wow. really left wingers. Some of them are really right wingers. The only thing that puts all those people together is their desire to get rid of Netanyahu. Okay, because no, there's never been in history of Israel that somebody with the with almost he's not a, has he get, is he under indictment already or no? Like yes, it's coming. yes. Now now he has now he is. yes. Okay, so he's never had an. Like it's it's kind of bizarre for somebody that is under indictment to be to be prime minister. That's people are like, what the hell's well, going on, right? But a, but but especially bizarre. It's especially bizarre because when Netanyahu's predecessor Eld Olmert was under indictment, guess who was the guy who said, if you're under indictment, you cannot be a prime minister. Netanyahu. <laughs> so, so yeah. So Netanyahu Netanyahu gave this. I think you can still find it on YouTube. Said. A prime minister under indictment cannot serve as a prime minister anymore, blah, 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 you know. And, well, guess who is a prime minister under indictment now? Right. So uh, he's basically holding the entire country hostage so that he could stay out of jail. Uh, pretty much, yes. I think that's a, that's an accurate depiction. <laughs> he, he, would say, he would say, of course, that he's not doing it because of that. He would say that he's, uh, you know, it's all a deep state. He's all, he doesn't use the term deep state, but so it's all... Uh, what did he say? He said the, the police tailored... Tailored the case for him, yeah. and the the state's uh, state's attorney, uh, general attorney, and the and the police. Now the funny thing is, the police chief was his nomination. He nominated the police chief. Right. He, he took a guy. He took a guy that wasn't even a police officer. He put him in the police chief because he, he thought he'd work with him. The the government's legal counsel, Israel. It's not a general attorney. It's another function. I'm not going to get too much into it, but it's, it's, it's kind of like general attorney, right? Okay. Uh, no, a general attorney. A government legal counsel is the person in Israel who who supervises the legal aspects of the government activity. Okay, so okay, he's okay. The guy, he's yeah, the guy okay. that comes to the yeah, government. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. So the government legal legal counsel, the one who decided uh, on the indictments two days ago. That's Netanyahu's nomination. Netanyahu yeah. put him there. And now he comes and says, oh, it's all a conspiracy against him. So God, every, I mean, you so is, yeah, so every person, all the main people that are putting pressure on him for all the illegal shit that he's done, they're all his, the people that he picked. So it's really hard to believe. So why is it that so many of his fans still believe that this is a, like, this is a conspiracy against Netanyahu? Like, uh, how is it? Very like, hard. All, huh? Very hard to understand. Very hard to explain. I, I cannot. It's it's like I ask you to rationalize a religion, a religious person. You know, yeah. you cannot. You know, okay. I mean, unless I honestly, I just had a conversation yesterday, a chat conversation with a with a, a an acquaintance of mine. Right. And and she's she's absolutely. Con- Actually, I can explain why she thinks that way. So f- 
Israel has a history of left-wing dominance of all the establishment in the 50s, in the 60s, a bit in the 70s. The left-wing uh, dominated all the government offices, it dominated the labor union. It was very hard to do anything in Israel if the left-wing uh, left establishment didn't approve of you. Very hard to get a job, very hard to, to, to start uh, to do anything you wanted to do. People who have still memories of that period, let's say their parents, like that friend that I'm telling you now about, her father at the time, because he was a right-winger, suffered because the left-wing establishment was everywhere, wherever he wanted to go. Hmm. People who have those memories of the 50s and the 60s, where the Labour Party pretty much controlled everyone's life, hmm. now would believe, are, are, are likely to believe that this still goes on. Hmm. And and they're likely to think, okay, yeah, I remember, like my dad told me, when he wanted to get a job because he wasn't a member of the labor union, when he wanted to go there because he wasn't a member of the party. Yeah, it makes sense that it still goes on. But uh, So you have those people, but you have other people that I think simply won't bring themselves to admit it's not true, because then they'll have to bring themselves to admit that they supported a habitual liar and a fraud for many years and it's very hard for someone to come to, to terms with that yeah and that's why the polls there were some polls that showed that even after the uh, indictment comes tr uh, goes through they ask a lot of people that uh, voted for netanyahu if they would change their vote and most of them would not change their vote there's like there was very little change according to that poll, even after uh, after the indictments. But we don't know if it's, that's going to be true, because in, in reality, people might actually change their behavior if they're saying, like, this is the third election, like, come on, right? So people uh, might, yeah, might change yeah, people, their vote. People might change. First of all, uh, you had very prominent figures in the Likud party uh, that came and said before the September election, we are not going to vote Likud. And when I'm saying prominent figures, I'm saying for, uh, I'm mentioning, for example, Benny Begin. Benny Begin is the son of Menachem Begin. He was an iconic, the iconic prime minister of Likud. Menachem Begin, there is no Likud member who doesn't like Menachem Begin. His son came and said, I'm not going to vote Likud this time. Uh, and other, other members of the party. So uh, you won't see people, sh I don't think you'd see people shifting their vote, but you might see people not just staying at home and not going uh, to vote. Do you and that would... Yeah. Sorry. That that would remove reduce the seats for the left yeah. party. Okay. Yes. Third election. Yes. Is there an internal conflict within it? Like, are there some people within the Likud party that might want to like overthrow Netanyahu? Yes. Now okay. they, they were always silent. Netanyahu held the Likud with an iron fist uh, in the last, you know, I, I, during his years. But now you start hearing voices of. Uh, Actually, a few months ago, he said, uh, how about if we have a primaries? And then one of his rivals said, yeah, I'm ready. The minute the other guy said, I'm ready, Netanyahu uh, took this idea off the table. Wow. And, okay. and there were no primaries. So uh, he has, Netanyahu has at least two, I think he has two rivals. Uh, I don't, I'm, what I think will happen, they will wait for him to, to step aside and then they will start why, fighting. All the, why, why are they waiting for him? Why are they not just rebelling and be like, I, get the hell out of here, you're holding the whole country hostage? I, I think he's, he's, he has too much, he's very dominant within the party mechanism. So uh, within the party assembly, uh, we call it center in Israel, within the party, party assembly, these are the party members that vote. I think he's very dominant there. And it takes it takes a, a degree of skill and courage to try and face him on this particular court, right. I mean, in this so, particular arena. 
I think that's, that's the main reason. What Netanyahu did very cleverly, he managed to remove each and every person that might, have, might threaten him as a potential leader, and he surrounded himself with people that, uh, I don't want to be rude, so I would just say that they are probably not very competent. And, and often be quite rude, embarrassing. Right. No, well, no, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a gentle person by nature, but uh, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're not very competent uh, to the degree that they can be quite embarrassing. So, uh, so now there are not that many opponents within the Likud. You have two. One is the mayor of Jerusalem. He's very charismatic. He's very competent, a, a former high-tech entrepreneur. Another one was is Gidon Saar. He was active in the party. Then he stepped aside, stayed at home, probably waited for the right time to come back. Now, now they talk about him coming back to the party. So they start talking about people that that might challenge Netanyahu. I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Uh, so yeah, so sorry, let's yeah, go. But, let's go to the so the two the two main parties. But now, given that they can't form a government, other parties become very important. And yes. the three the three smaller parties that now are becoming part of this whole power play in the in the past two election uh, is the you know Lieberman's party what's his party called uh, Israel is our home Israel is our home Israel is yeah. our home. Israel, Israel our home, yes. Israel our home. So that the Lieberman's that guy, that's the more secular one. We'll get to him. And then yeah. the Arab the Arab party, what is that one called? Which, which one? Sorry. The Arab one. The, the Arab, Arab one. The, the, ah, the, the, the United List. I think I don't know how you call it in English. You're talking about the Arab the Arab uh, the Arabic one, right? Yes. United what? In Israel, you call the those who run to the parliament. You call them lists because you can have several parties for forming one okay. list of candidates. They, the reason is the reason why they call them United List is because there used to be a whole bunch of different Arab three. parties. There were three of them, mm. and they ran separately. And ideologically speaking, other other than them being Arab, actually the communist one, they're not officially they're not Arab. They're Arab Jewish, but practically most of them are Arabs. That's an interesting story by itself. Uh, anyway, ideologically they were they were different. Very different. So, one one was uh, one was Israeli Arab with an Islamist flavor, like Islamist uh, parliament members. One was communist, and one was Palestinian nationalist. And then, but this in September they chose to re reunite again. They ran separately in, in April. They okay. united again, and they got an unprecedented achievement of thirteen yeah. seats. Yes, thirteen seats. Okay, so okay, let's let's just okay. First of all, it's already very bizarre to have a for a lot of people to have an Arab group that is communist in Israel, but uh, but communism is big in the Middle East. Okay, so if uh, uh, actually yeah. the reason I don't know how much you want to get into, there is a nope, very but, interesting but, historical reason why the communists were strong amongst the Arabs. Well, I don't. I, no, let's I not get, it, to, let's yeah, not get into that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. another interesting thing, just to touch on it, is like you have a Palestinian nationalist group. Which yes. is strange that Israel allows a party that is loyal <laughs> to the loyal to your enemy. Like, imagine if, like, you know, United States had a party called the uh, Lo Iranian Loyalist Party. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, like, it's so. Why is that party allowed in well, Israel? I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that officially they call themselves Palestine. We are the Palestinian National right. Party, but it's quite right. obvious. Look. It's, the, even yeah. the logo is so, kind of the Palestinian flag, isn't it? Uh, like who, the, the colors. I the can't remember the, the colors for sure. I can't remember the logo. But look, yeah. the Ahmed Tibi, the member of the of another party, he was officially he was uh, Yasser Arafat's advisor. That was his job. Okay. And as, 
at the time that he was a parliament member. He was also Yasser Arafat's advisor at the same time. Right. So, yes, we either Israel allows it, uh, so, but I think it makes things more interesting. Uh, yeah, okay, so, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. But, so, we had these three Arab groups. The first election, they weren't together. The second election, they decided to join together as an Arab, as, you know, uh, as yes. an Arab group. And I think the reason, so a lot of Arabs in Israel, they don't vote because they used to not vote because they say like, who cares? Nobody cares about our voice. We vote, nothing changes. If we vote, we're legitimizing this government. So that, that was their arguments for not voting. But I think the reason, correct me if I'm wrong, the reason why this time they came out and voted with much higher numbers than anybody uh, predicted, one was because all the Arabs uh, parties got together, but second because because of Netanyahu kept on saying like, oh, these people are our enemies, are our enemies. They're gonna come vote. They're gonna destroy the country. And a lot of Arabs, I think, like, well, is this what you don't want us to do? Then we'll go vote. If like, if uh, you're, afraid. I think he encouraged them to go vote by demonizing them so much. Uh, I think. Look, Netanyahu is a bit more clever than than say things in a crude in the crude way that you said. So. He did he, say that. He specifically he, said. No, in, he said. He said what he, what he said in nineteen in two thousand fifteen was the Arabs are moving in droves to the ballots. The yeah. left wing the left wing charities are bringing them with buses. But now, that's too direct. Yeah. That's more direct yes. than what I said. No, 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 no. But he never. He, like he would never say Arabs are enemies to the country because he's more clever than that. No, so I didn't. Did I say that? No, I, 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 think, didn't say I think you said. I, I think you meant you said something along those lines, or, or he, he uh, said he, something a bit more hostile than okay. he would never say. He but would he, never say directly. Okay, a but hostile he, thing about all Arabs. He's more clever than that. So he would say the bad things about the leaders. He would also, say that they are moving in droves. He would say and, and everything but saying the Arabs are the enemies. The people that are terrorists. So he's, he considers Arab citizens of Israel, he keeps on suggesting that they are on the side of, they're against Israel, even though they're citizens of Israel, even though he's they're very, voting. He's, yeah. very sly, he's very sly and double-talking about it, and uh, he, he, he's, he's too clever to say it as, as directly as you just said, but okay. he genera- definitely creates the, the, the impression and the momentum in the public yeah, but uh, along they, those lines. But, but what I'm saying is that the effect of that might have been that the Arabs so like came out and vote uh, as a response to what all the fear-mongering that he was doing. Could, right? could be, I don't know, that's a speculation. But to be more accurate, the Arabs used to vote, uh, used to vote in Israel elections, but let's say in the 80s, they used to vote for parties, even Zionist parties, even religious parties, that they thought would take the Home Office, the Ministry of Interior, after the election, because that means that they, their municipality or the local village might get budget. So they could come and say, oh, you see, we voted for you guys, uh, so how right. about you give us some budget? But now, but then, uh, and then you had the Arabs that voted for, for the communists. That was a long the, time ago. Let's uh, in the 80s and the 90s, it started shifting, and you had more and more Arabs voting ideologically for Arab, yeah. so to speak, Arab, ag- Arab agendas. Uh, and, and, then, and, yes. and another thing, another thing is that no. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong about this. No, <coughs> no non-Arab party in Israel, whether it was Likud or the um, Labour or Blue and White or whatever, 
it, it was considered political suicide to work with the Arab parties, right? With the, Until with the Arab with the Arab parties, yes. Not they. Some of them had Arab their own Arab candidates. So, yeah. for example, no, they had their own Arab candidate, but they wouldn't go and like, yeah. hey, Arab party. Like, we wouldn't work with the Arab parties. That yeah. would be like that would be that was a huge taboo. That's right? like, yeah, that's a ta- that was a taboo. Was a, no, they, no. Yeah, they're like a, the pariah of Israeli politics. And uh, so recently, and, though, isn't the blue and white party now like playing foot? Now, with- now, and that's that's another interesting thing that happened in these elections. Now, when when people saw that there might not be a unity government because Netanyahu is going to stay, you started hearing more voices about, hey, why don't we form? Why don't we form a government, a minority government? But the Arab parties will support us from the outside. Why won't we get to that kind of an agreement with them? They're a legitimate part. Suddenly, start, people start talking about them because as legitimate. Because they're desperate. Because they were so desperate, so they're looking at the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think Netanyahu. I, I give it to the. I give credit to Netanyahu that thanks to him, he, he him being so corrupt helped legitimizing uh, the Arab politicians. Which so, is a good thing. Like I think, yeah. the, I think the more you legitimize the Arab parties, the more the Arab uh, community in Israel is going to see themselves as part of the country. The so more they I, might I'm, see a way out of this whole... The, I'm, the, not a big, I'm not a big fan of the Arab politicians and the leaders of those I'm, parties. I'm not either, but there needs to be some representation for the Arabs no, no, in Israel. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. The, and, uh, absolutely. I just, I, I, I personally find them a bit disingenuous. I don't think they speak similarly in Hebrew and in Arabic. I think when they speak to Arab crowds, they're, they're a bit far more... Right. Far less accepting of Israel than they are when they speak to to general Israeli crowd, but at the same time, they they represent their public. They right. have the right to represent their public, uh, and in that sense, I, if, I we less, if we want less support for violence, we need to give people other avenues. That's what I'm thinking, right? Like we need to give other alternatives, even if it's like even if their language is like really hostile. I think that it's better than not having. It's better for the Arab citizens of Israel to have an outlet of, rep- of pres- you know, of I, don't, I don't think I don't think they are the best way to, uh, yes. to reduce violence. The Arab public in Israel of Israeli Arabs was especially in the, in the context of the conflict that's going on. But gener- also generally was one of the least violent. I mean, of course, no, you had the crime. I was never suggesting that the Arabs in Israel are violent, but they have sympathies for some groups in Palestine, some of them. Yes, and there were there was a lot of violence in 2000. This I have to say, but as a rule, up until the up until the 2000s, they were one of, one of the least politically speaking the least violent minorities that you can think of in the context of a conflict. Not many terrorists from Israeli Arab citizens, and uh, not many attacks as as such. Uh, right. But and I don't and I'm not sure that the Arab political leadership is the reason. I actually think they they might be the reason for more violence. That's my personal opinion. Okay. But that's okay. a different story. That's a different discussion. But, but like when I was in Israel, I talked to a lot of Arab Isra- um, Arab Israelis, and a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them considered themselves Palestinian first, and Israeli either second or not Israeli at all, even though they're Israeli yeah. citizens. They don't even consider themselves Israel, but not all of them. So that I think that mentality needs to change by having some legit, uh, you know, and maybe maybe these Arab uh, parties will become less um, aggressive if 
they ha- they feel like they have a seat on the table. Maybe for the sake of playing politics, they'll change their tune. I don't. I don't think so, and I'll no. tell you why. Uh, one of the tra- one of the tragedies of Israeli Arabs or Israeli Palestinians is that they're considered potential traitors by everyone. So uh, Israelis, Israelis look at them and say, "Ah, oh, no, you, you pro-Palestinian, you're too pro-Palestinian for us. Uh, we, we, you, you're not really loyal Israelis. Palestinians outside of Israel and Arabs outside of Israel look at them and say, you guys have Jewish friends. You make money out of your business with the Jews. Right. You, enjoy, you enjoy the Israeli, the, all the services of the, of the Zionist state. Right. You're not really Palestinian. Yeah, we we don't think you, you're a true Palestinian. And so they're, they're, rejected, they're really they're trapped, they're really trapped rege- there. So they're rejected by Palestinians and they're rejected by Israelis. Uh, from what I understand, yes. From yeah, what okay. I understand, there is a, when, an, when an Israeli Arab goes outside and meets other Arabs, there is a huge burden of proof on mm. them. Mm. Uh, and and you can see vote. I think if they vote, that's like holy, sh- like holy crap, man! You guys, you guys are supporting this. Yeah, regime. so you part, you part of the game. You're so part of them. Are, you, you, the, the, the argument within within the arms was, are we going to be part of the game or not? And then the the response was, those who did encourage voting, they said, you you want you don't want to vote, so you're like a guy who wants to win the lottery without even filling the ticket. Right. So, so, so how, you know, how do you want anything to change if you're not even willing to go and vote? Right. So, okay. So let's, uh, that was the Arab party. Uh, then we had yes. the Lieberman Israeli Lieberman. call. Yes. And then I also want to talk about the religious right, uh, religious right wing party. With ah, the, the Likud they, just guard. United, they just united with, uh, with the Likud uh, a week ago. You're talking about Bennett, Bennett and... Uh, and Smotrich and these guys. I don't know their names. Like they, there's a whole bunch of religious ones that he got. You had it. two. You had two re, two right wing religious parties. Uh, of course, you had the ultra orthodox. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking the the Zionist, so to speak, uh, uh, right wing uh, religious right wing parties. So you had one that was very radical uh, with elements of Jewish supremacy, uh, b- uh, followers of the Kahana Rabbi Kahana. If you ever heard of him, they they didn't get into the parliament. They didn't get enough votes. You had another one uh, with uh, with uh, Naftali Bennett, with Ayelet Shaked, uh, with Smotrich, uh, right? Uh, you know, which one? Support which one? Party, sorry, yeah. Which is the religious party that was the main factor w- w- that uh, Netanyahu got united with, trying to get the seat yes. he was? Which one is yes. the main? So now that happened right now. Uh, that was. Uh, <laughs> Gosh, I forget their name because they split and, and unite all the time. Like, I keep forgetting right, their name. Yeah. That was yeah. the one. That was I just call them the one of Naftali Bennett because it'd be the, ben. it'd be the easiest one. They're probably gonna change name ten times by the end of this talk. So, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> but but why why are you saying that just happened yesterday? I thought in the second election in September there were also. No 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 no. He united what he did. That was enough. There were two other parties that Netanyahu united with. Towards the election of September, uh, right. one one was uh, was was led by uh, Moshe Feiglin. That was a libertarian part, presented itself as a libertarian party, and but another, they are religious. All of them. Uh, are... The lead, the leader was the leader was a, a right wing religious person. Okay, so, the, so so this whole religious angle of it is a bit too many little groups. But let's just say to simplify it, because I don't want to get into too much detail. Uh, that Lakut Netanyahu, both in the in the second election and now, 
he tried to unite with different uh, religious right-wing groups. Yes, yes. So just to simplify things. So there, there's no one name for it. They keep changing and they keep redesigning yeah. the party. Give, but give he me was, one second and I'll tell you the name of the current one. But, he, but, but the whole idea is that... So this is kind of like the mirror image of each other, right? If we accept that the blue, the blue and white party was looking into this whole... The Arab party... And trying to see if, like, hey, can we maybe, can you help us out here? We need to make a government. They, and, they actually, they actually did help them a bit in this procedure. But, but if, right. you, if we have time later, remind me, I'll tell you what. It's one extreme, like based on you know what's norm in Israel. But also, you had the Likud party looking at the very religious right wing people, like, hey, please help us out. We need some help to form a yes. government, right? Yes. So. Also, in the second, just to clarify another thing, in September, in the second election, um, even though the Blue and White Party had the more seats than uh, Lakud, more seats than Netanyahu, the president still went to Netanyahu first and asked him if he could form a government. He gave him some time, and yeah. he failed, even though he had less seats than the Blue and White, and then he failed. And yeah. then he went to the blue and white party and like okay, he right. went to Gantz and he's like, okay, now you have some time to form a government. Yeah. And then they failed as well. And that's yeah. now now right at the end of that. Okay. Like he, 21 okay. so days. What's happening, what's happening now is now you have a period of, of 21 days right. where the law says whichever Knesset member that can get can rally 61 behind him. Anyone. He will form, yeah. yeah it's but not like the president. Saying, the president it's like the president is saying, okay, I've, you, you know, I've given up. So you have 21 days to come up with anything. If not, we have another election. So you have to introduce people. When you say Knesset, you mean the parliament, right? The parliament, sorry, yes. The parliament. Knesset it means parliament in Israel. But so usually you go to the person that won the election. And if that fails, you go to the second guy. Yeah. But now, now you have another 21 days that now we're in that period that is all up for grabs. Anybody yes. in the parliament, if yes, you can, can get 61 seats to support you, then we'll, yes. we'll form a government. But that is very, very unlikely. If the Likud party can't do it, and if the Blue and White party can't do it, it's very, very unlikely. Now Or anybody yes. else in the in the parliament. Now, now the reason the reason Benny Gantz got more seats, and that's why it's very very likely that we're going to go for a third election. But yes. go on. Go on. Now right. the there is an interesting reason why why did the president give Netanyahu uh, the first the first go? Uh, usually it goes according to the number of people who recommend you, number of Knesset members that would support you. Benny Gantz got more support. That when, when parties went to the Knesset, the Arab party came to the president and said, we're giving our support to Benny Gantz. So Benny Gantz was just about to get the first go. But then they realized that they might fail and they will have to give it to Netanyahu. So Benny Gantz, apparently, that's, that's what people suspect. He went to the Arab party and said, guys, you're actually putting me in a, in a difficult position. We'll have to plea. If you could do something to withdraw your support, let's give Netanyahu the first go and let him fail. And then the uh, then the uh, Arab party then the Arab party came to the to the president against oh, oh sorry three of our members they don't support Gantz they will not support Gantz so so count, you know rub off three of the three of our members from the support list and right. then then Netanyahu got the first go and, and he, he failed took, uh, 
yeah. So it's but, like but, like but, there is situation in chess where no one wants to make the second the the next move. Every, each player wants to make the the other player wants the other player to make the first uh, move. Okay. So, but by yeah. but by the blue and white party by talk, by them talking to the Arab parties and trying to work with them. Yes. Um, Netanyahu has also like raised the alarm on this. Like, look, there the blue and white party is talking to our enemies. Like something. Yeah, like, but I, not directly. But he's been raising. Like, isn't he like trying to fearmonger? Like about that? Yeah, he's trying. But I think he's losing. He's losing his talent at doing that because he, he did not. That, he did it's say not that. working. It's not working anymore. It's not working anymore. But and you can see that, that because he lost. He lost seats. Uh, it, yeah, pro I can't remember if he did, I but it sounds very, very, very logical. It sounds very much sounds like him. So if like you heard, him, if you yeah. heard, it, they probably did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like why, like the blue and white party is talking to people that are that are against Israel, right? Which is very sad thing to say about people that is in the party of your own country. Like, okay, but he might be. But but we need to get into the third. So we talk about the Arab party. We talk yes. about the religious parties yes. that are All right. Yeah. But now the most important smaller party yes. that is relevant to us as atheist republic yes. is the Liberman's party, which Lieberman. uh, is the home party, which is the secularist, right? Well, How, uh, he pretend. Well, that's his that's his banner now. That that's that's his brand now. That he's this, he's he he doesn't say I'm a secularist. Said I want a Jewish state, but I don't want a religious state. So I so that's that's his uh, motto. And then and Lieberman said, look. Our party will support a unity government only uh -huh. that will allow public transportation in the Sabbath, recruit the ultra-Orthodox to the army, uh, and will open an avenue to marry outside of the rabbinical court. And, well, and let's, that's let's, point. Let's, let's repeat this, because these are very anti-Orthodox religious. Yes. And these are like... This, these are the three things that you mentioned are the three things that the Orthodox Jewish community in Israel has been fighting for for years. Yes. And this guy comes out like, oh, we only work with somebody that goes against all of this. So like, so screw the Sabbath. People should work yes. at the Sabbath. And then what else? Public, public transportation in the Sabbath. Marriage, a civil marriage. So you won't have to depend on the rabbinical courts to marry. Okay. Wow. And recruiting and recruiting, uh, passing a law that recruits the ultra orthodox youth to the That's army. Huge. That is the most sensitive one, right? Isn't that the most sensitive one? Like the, the orthodox yes, because, they because don't once, to to once you take once you take the young generation out of the cult for three years, you you know the cult is broken. Wow. Imagine imagine if you can come to any cult and take their younger generation away from them for three years, it's going to ruin the cult. So these are these. These sounds. That's how many. The the all of this sounds beautiful, like this music to my ears. But yes. what? What? How many seats do they have? Lieberman's now party. They, now they have eight seats. Now the the, the thing. Well, the thing is. So well, that's okay. The Arabs did so well. Okay, go on. Now the thing is with with Lieberman. People say, uh, and also when I put the video in Atheist Republic videos, people said, uh, "Oh, why are you celebrating Lieberman? Lieberman is a hero." I don't think he's a hero. I think he's a very cynical opportunist. But the fact that the cynical opportunist chose the secular agenda mm. as his banner indicates how powerful the secular agenda has become. Yes, if and you, you, would, you wouldn't have chosen you wouldn't have chosen it if the secular agenda wouldn't have been so powerful. So that's very okay. good news. Now, if you want to hear even more news, I have I have great news just from yesterday. Okay. Yesterday was the first time in the history of Tel Aviv. 
where the municipality operated public transportation on the Sabbath. So Tel Aviv... Tel Aviv, okay. Yeah, Tel Aviv and, and satellite cities around it are going to have public transportation on the Sabbath, starting from yesterday. And this was a, an initiative of the municipalities. So it shows you that the Tel Aviv was already like that. I thought it was Jerusalem no, that it was so strong. No, no, it, no, Tel Aviv didn't have uh, public transportation. It was obviously very secular and open in many ways, but it did not have public transportation. You couldn't take a bus in Tel Aviv. Wow. On the you could take a taxi, other stuff, but you didn't have a bus line. Now you have bus public transportation run by the municipality. So wow. that, it, that's the first time it, it's happening in 70 years, right? So At least. do we think, okay, so it wasn't, it's not Lieberman that brought these secular agendas. Other people have, other people have worked for making these, these secular agendas um, important for somebody as opportunist as Liberman to become take advantage of it, right? Yes. So what, what I want to correct me if I'm wrong, but what the people that are being unappreciated, the people that are not getting the the credit that they deserve, are all the activists on the ground, all the secularist group on the ground in Israel that have been fighting and fighting uh, and fighting well, of to, of course. to make these to make these secular agendas important. Now, final, now all of a sudden, uh, is is giving. They're seeing the result of all the work that they're doing, so, right? And well, this I'm, was a, and this was such a thankless job in Israel because these people were constantly being accused of being traitors, of being anti-Jewish, of not being national nationalist well, enough. No, no, hang on, hang on. I don't think that secular activists were that much smeared as you presented. And I, I don't think anyone would call them as traitors. Of course, if the ultra I mean, I, people That's would. what I heard from secular activists in Israel. That's well, what they I, I have to tell you, I grew up as an atheist in Israel all my years, and even where? in my... Uh, and and no one ever... No one ever... Uh, I never heard anyone call me traitor because of that. They called me traitor for other reasons, but not because, <laughs> I'm, no, right. not because I was an atheist. So, yeah, but you said since you left Israel, Israel has becoming more right-wing. So you don't know. You have, you yeah, have a, but, but, well. those, but secularists are... You also have secularists amongst the right-wing. Actually, the person who formed the League, to, the League Against Religious Compulsion in Israel in the 50s right. was the son of Jabotinsky. Jabotinsky was the... the founder of the Israeli right-wing. His son was an atheist who formed the League Against Religious Compulsion. So fighting, fighting for secularism in Israel is not all, only a left-wing agenda. That, right. that's, a, that's, a optical, that's an optical illusion. I mean, uh, I, okay, so maybe not secularist, but at least you, can you agree that the, the word atheist is a taboo word? Because that's what I hear a lot. No, Even instead of atheists, I, this is what I heard from a lot of atheists in Israel, that they, I mean, this, okay. Oh, maybe, maybe now I have to be honest because I've been out of the country for 12 years. So maybe now right. you cannot say, but I can tell you for a fact, there is a very good satire show in Israel uh, where they make, they, are, they make fun of God all the time. I know. Of, course. of course, all the time. they're so and, funny. They're, I'm not saying they don't exist. I don't, I'm not saying they're not pushing back, but they do all of those things. But a lot of these people do feel some pushback from their co-workers, not, not as much as like, oh, you government shutting you down or not being able to have a funny comedy on YouTube or on TV. Obviously, they get to do those things. But there is some, you know, social back, not, not a legal backlash, not a government backlash. Uh, just a bit of, there is a bit of a social backlash to them, a bit. Uh, well, 
if that's their experience, that I cannot ar- I cannot argue with their experience. Okay. I would say I wouldn't say if that was. If you are an atheist in Israel, let us know in the comment section what your experience is like uh, to see. Uh, but by the way, what I base what I'm saying and what you're saying is anecdotes. So. Yeah. We don't know which one is true because I'm I'm relying on anecdotes and you're relying on your personal and anecdotes as well. We don't know what's yeah, but not that it's not valuable. But no, we, no. But, but I'll give you I'll give I'll give you an example to demonstrate. In the United States, it's very dangerous for any politician to be considered atheist. Yeah, mm-hmm. no politician would would say you know I do, I don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. In Israel, you do have politicians that are very comfortable with with. Being being seen as as atheists, they don't make any specific effort to pretend that they believe in God or that they follow their religion, and it's okay. They, their electorate still okay. votes for them, so it's far. I I think it's it's more relaxed than you than than people think. But of course, if your atheist activist friends in Israel report otherwise, then it's bad news. It's bad news comparing to what I remember. Maybe it depends. Maybe your maybe your experience uh, varies depending on where you are and who you're communicating with, right? So uh, yeah, but very yeah, much depends on who, like your environment, like the environment. No, I, I I grew up in a, I grew up in a village where you had an ultra orthodox rabbi and uh, and a cross dresser and uh, all all in the same small. No, I'm not joking. I'm, <laughs> I, no, but uh, I I was part of Tel Aviv that was so orthodox Jewish. That like the I mean the experience like there there was this person that would with us uh, he was trans and he said that he uh, he had a lot of difficulty coming out to his family as trans and he finally managed to get accepted but he said he still would not come out as an atheist to them really yeah well that's uh, I have to say that that's a bit shocking I know I know. People that were ultra orthodox and became atheists, and it all depends on what family you come from. Some of them they are still in, in touch with their families and their parents. You know they still love them and they still you know they can come and visit them. Obviously, when they come and visit, they have to dress more modestly because of the environment. But their parents still accept them and their parents still love them, and they just hope that maybe one day they will mend their ways. Others are completely boycotted and excommunicated. Right. right. So let's go. Going back to Lieberman's party, he. Yes. At the second election, he did. De- he decided not to work with the Likud party and not to work with the Blue and White party for different reasons. Correct me if I'm wrong. The reason why he didn't work with the Likud party is because the Likud party was uh, playing footsie with all these uh, religious nuts, and the Liberman was like, "No, thank you. We're not going to work with any party that no, is no. working with." Okay. No, no. What Liberman said very slightly said, "Look, I'm will. I want a unity government." Provided mm. they accept those, you know, the Sabbath, you know, the right, right. on the Sabbath, uh, recruitment and the uh, civil marriage. He knew when he said that, he that knew that by saying that, that he's excluding the ultra orthodox. Okay, so was, it, and he, didn't say, he didn't have to say, he didn't have to say, I don't want ultra orthodox. It was so, quite obvious that they're not going to sit in a government with him this way. So, and because the Likud was already working with those religious people, that means that they couldn't support the Likud party. But when it comes to the Blue and White party, is it accurate to say the reason why they didn't support the Blue and White party is because they got they were close to the Arab party? Well, you're talking if you want to if you want the real reason, 
I, uh, there is another, I'll give you the proclaimed reason. The proclaimed reason is that he says we want a unity government. So obviously if he says uh, the official reason is we want a unity government with the Likud and blue and white. So obviously he doesn't want to support any blue and white government that doesn't include the Likud as a unity government. That's the official reason. Mm. Right? Unofficial. Obviously he, and now Lieberman said, and he said it out loud, we consider the ultra-Orthodox rivals and we consider the Arabs enemies. He said that. So what so, he used the word so enemies. He used. He said for us the ultra orthodox are rivals and the Arabs are enemies. I the Arabs are enemies. He said that exact word. Arabs are enemies. Like he's talking I, about I the. Have, city. I have to okay. find the exact yeah, quote. I think, I think. I think he spoke about the po- Arab politicians. Right. Uh, and you, I think if you ever challenge him, I said, of course, I didn't mean all Arab citizens are enemies. I meant uh, those politicians of this and this party or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, this is not I, I the secular find... party that I want. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, that... no, no, that, that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. Lieberman is not a secularist, he's an opportunist. Mm-hmm. By the way, Lieberman's daughter, yeah. Lieberman himself, by the way, he lives in the West Bank in a settlement, and his daughter is, uh, is has turned religious. His daughter is a right wing religious lady. Mm. Okay. So he's not, yeah, he's, <laughs> don't, don't, don't put your faith in Lieberman as an atheist. Okay. Uh, right. Uh, so <laughs> Lieberman is just an opportunist, and I think what he's what he really ch- is trying to do is trying to ruin the right wing. He's trying to make it as hard life as possible to the Likud. So one mm. day the Likud will be so weak that his party will be the major party in the right wing, and he will be the re- leader of the but, right wing. So wait, but you just finished the real reason why he didn't work with the blue and white party was was the real reason because uh, he didn't want to work with the Arabs. I think that his real reason was he doesn't he wants to keep on this chaotic situation because the more oh. this chaotic situation goes on, his party grows bigger yeah, and bigger. So he's, kind of, and then, so he's uh, kind of like chaos is a ladder kind of guy. A la- sorry, what? He was he was like the kind of guy that thinks from all the chaos, from all the ashes, an opportunity. Yes. Will yes. Run. Yes, yes, okay, was... is a, like I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones. Like he kind of no, like no. Ca- okay. So there's a quote in the Game of Thrones like chaos is a ladder, right? Like you could yeah. like from from all the mess that there's a, you could if yes. every if everything is falling, then you are you're gonna That's be able to get of the vacuum. A, a classic potential dictator mentality. People <laughs> there is chaos, chaos, chaos. People are looking for a strong guy that would bring some order into the system. And guess who's gonna be the saver? Yeah, the savior, right? right? So, so I think that's what Lieberman really wants to do. He simply wants to weaken and weaken and weaken the Likud party until one day he will either merge with them or replace them, and he will be the strong leader that's going to finally bring some order to the system here. Okay, that, so, that's I think his real agenda. We're getting close to an hour, so we need to talk about the last top thing, which is yeah. what do you think is going to happen next? Okay, so I think, uh, well, it's hard to say either. So, it, no, it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, either uh, they're go- we're going to have another election, and the Likud party will still weaken, keep on weakening, uh, or uh, Gantz somehow will manage to rally some parties uh, around him in those 21 days and it still seems come out. Very unlikely, though. Uh, quite, quite, quite unlikely. Mm-hmm. But uh, since Netanyahu is now. Uh, facing an indictment, it's no longer suspicions, now he's, he's indicted, it will be far harder for Netanyahu to stay uh, as the leader of the Likud. If he won't remain the leader of the Likud, 
I doubt it if whoever will replace him will be as charismatic and as skillful oh. as he was, and the Likud will keep on weakening. Whether it would weaken and strengthen Lieberman, and Lieberman will become the leader of the right wing, or whether it would weaken and, and, the le- and by, by sheer proportion the center-left will grow, I don't know. That's, so that's they, but, but if the if if they manage to remove Netanyahu and find a leader fast, that's bad for Lieberman because they don't need his party anymore. Then the blue and white and Lakut could just form a government, and they don't have to beg. That that's bad for the Arabs. That's bad for the Lieberman, and it's also bad for the religious groups because they don't have to go. Nobody has to go starts begging to these small but, groups. But the Likud, I think, I suspect the Likud will always go with the religious because they all, it's like an investment. They want to, to show them that they're good allies. Oh, you, so that we're not going to offend you. Yeah, for the mm. sake of the alliance for future elections, I think they will still uh, remain loyal to the ultra-Orthodox. That's, so my, that's my personal prediction. So for the sake of atheists and secularists, it's better if Netanyahu keeps trying to stay in power for a little bit more, no? So that, uh, pe- so that well, people need to desperately be, go to Lieberman. It could be that the Likud will weaken to such a degree that by sheer, merely by proportion, blue and white will be so... Uh, because that's another thing that happened. Because Lieberman started talking about secularism, suddenly in blue and white you started hearing talks mm-hmm. about a liberal unity government right. and, and or secularist voices. So if so blue and white will be strong, if blue and white will be strong enough, we might just have a center-left party that might also promote some secular... Uh, so, even secular. If, so even if we get rid of Lieberman's party doesn't go anywhere, the, the, ben, the, the good thing that happened is that he showed that there's a demand for that kind of yes. narrative. Yes. And other people are now jumping on that narrative. And I, now yes. he might, he might yes. have started a new norm, right? I think, I, think, I think that was his major contribution. Uh, yeah. Albeit for ulterior motives, obviously. But right. uh, yes... I think that was that was a very good tra- a very good um, uh, move or phenomenon in this particular elections that uh, that the I, secular agenda has become an issue to be discussed. So I hope, like in the third election, Lieberman goes from eight seats to like nine or ten, and if he goes from eight to nine or ten, then maybe it signals to the other people that oh, it seems like this kind of narrative works. You know what I mean? Like even if the Lieberman's party doesn't get anywhere, if he just gets one more seat, they see that not only did he not get punished for pushing secular agenda, he might have even been rewarded a little Reward, bit. Reward, yes. And then maybe other people try to copy that narrative, right? Provide. Provided prov- other people in the right, because the left wing parties always spoke about it. I'm right. talking about the right wing, uh, center and right. You say left wing parties. Are you talking about the Labour Party or are you talking the, about uh, Meretz, which is even left to left, more oh. left wing to the Meretz, which is left wing to Labour? But there's uh, what percentage are those? Those are like uh, no- they they got no they they got uh, either either five or six seats, so they're pretty much equal to to the Labour Party in their power now. Uh, okay. Uh, which is which means we they're have, equally weak. They're not very strong. So we but, have two left-wing parties. We have yes. the Labour. We have what? And what's that other one? Meretz. I'll spell it to you. It's M-E-R-E-T-S. Meretz. Okay. Okay. Meretz. Okay. Uh, so that uh, there was social democrat. I guess uh, more uh, social democrats. So but both a bit the Labour Party and Meretz, they have been talking about secularism, but they're very small. So uh, yeah, but and the only, and another problem was as long as the as long as the left wing right wing debate was was 
act was relevant, like uh, you know the peace process, two state solution. As long as this debate was still relevant, whenever the left wing saw an opportunity to form a coalition, he would give in to the ultra orthodox because he say, okay, let's put secularism aside because. It just might be that this government will bring peace and, and, uh, and a final settlement with the Palestinians. So let's give it into the ultra-Orthodox, get them into our coalition who so we can... Wait, who would put secularism aside? So for, I'll give you an example. In the elections of 92, Meretz, the, the, who, who was very much for separation of religion and state, got uh, 12 seats in the parliament. Mm. They were the, the prominent partner of the Labour Party in the coalition. But they needed the ultra-Orthodox Oh, to form a coalition because they wanted to push the Oslo agreement. They want to push the the, uh, uh, the negotiations with the Palestinians. So they caved in. They didn't mm. fight for recruiting them to the army. They didn't fight for civil marriage. They didn't fight for public transportation on the Sabbath. Why? They needed them into coalition because they were sure that they're going to bring peace to Israel now. So they said right. the religion the religious issues can wait. That was the tragedy of the left wing. As far as uh, okay, you know, what would you say? What would you say to people that say like, really, do you think public transportation on Sundays? Why is that such an important issue? Can you Sundays is not Sundays is not an issue at all in Israel. You're talking about Saturdays, but Saturdays. Uh, sorry, Christians mm -hmm. Sundays, Jews Saturday. They didn't figure. They never figured out when when it's Sabbath for the Christians and Jews, right? Right. Yes. So, so. Uh, said, why is it that public transportation on Sabbath is such a important topic? Like, or why is it that marriage or like we know? Okay, the army one. You explain why that's important. You know, you're breaking cults, right? But I think my correct me if I'm wrong. The reason why this is important is is these are just symbols. It's not just about being able to have public transportation on Sabbath. It's about the fact that you have a government run by religious rule, or it's, 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 it just has opened the door for theology to get in the government, right? It, it's a symbol, wanna, it's yeah. a symbol of domination. It's a symbol, it's a of, domination. symbol of domination. Exactly. It's, 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 it's to show, it's to demonstrate that, you know, this country is still run to a degree by, uh, by, by the religious law. Or, right. or I'll put it even more accurately. It's to show that the interpretation of the term Jewish state mm. has to do with religion. This is what it means. It means Jewish state means that you don't go on, on bus on the Sabbath. That is Jewish state means that, it, that religion comes into it. It's not just a national issue. No, mm. we're going to show you it has to do with religion. You're going to marry with the rabbinical courts because this is a Jewish state. You're going to not use uh, public transportation because this is a Jewish state and that's a very dangerous once you allow once you allow once you allow public transportation on the Sabbath once you allow uh, you know civil marriage and you are still a Jewish state it's very challenging for them mm. it's very challenging here you can be a Jewish state without applying any religious law at all and you're mm. still a Jewish state right. that's the ch that's the challenge that's right. the bit. So, that's the bit that that I think I think it, that's, my that's what they're really afraid of. Right, because they have they have a lot bigger plans than getting religion into government in many different ways, right? But if they if they lose what they already have, it's going to be very challenging for them to keep, go even deeper with the religious. It's, it's a trench. Yes, it's a trench warfare. Trench yes. warfare. You allow you allow public transportation. 
the next thing you're going to allow, which started to happen, and then, then they put a stop to it, you're going to allow some supermarkets opening on the Sabbath. Uh. So slowly but surely, you're going to secularize the country. They're very scared of this because they, their, young ger- their young generation is exposed to this. Right. Right? So, so, so it's very... Good. They should be scared. They should yes. be scared. <laughs> All right. Yes. This is good. This is some good news. All right. I'm hoping things are going to go in the right direction. Oh, Do you want to add anything? Yeah, I want to we... add one more thing. You said, who should we thank for, for, the, uh, for the rise of the secular agenda? There is one person and another person we should thank, a right-wing person. He's the mayor of the city of Tiberias. Mm. And he, a few months ago... He decided to open business. Tiberius used to be a touristic city because it's on the Galilee Sea. Mm. But uh, it got to a point where you didn't have any businesses open on the Sabbath, even though it's a tourist city. And he, about a few months ago, decided to start opening the city on the Sabbath again with bus lines and with businesses going on. Mm. And he got so much support, not only within the city. People from all over the country came to Tiberius just to show him, to show their support to what's happening there. So oh. I think his, his name is Ron Kobe, and I think he deserves. Wow. A lot of, yeah, he's, I think he deserves a lot of credit as well for pushing for for. People came people. there to show their support. Like people <laughs> came, people came because he he when he wanted to do PR for himself, he went he went uh, on the Sabbath on on Saturday uh, to the uh, to the boardwalk in not the boardwalk what do you call it to the boulevard in Tiberias just on the sea on the lake. And started talking to people, just you know, like every politician does, to show support for, him, for himself. And then people came to the camera and said, "We came all the way from wherever, you know, places that you have to drive three hours to get to Tiberias." Wow. People came to the camera and said, "We came all the way from this place or the other place to show support to you. Good on you for what you're doing." Wow, this is such, this yeah. is how huge this it shows that there's a huge demand for secularism in Israel, right? Yes, yes, I, I hope so. I hope so. All right. Well, Yuval, thank you so much for your time. This was very, very informative. Thank Um, you. And nothing to do with Israel, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people in Israel are crossing their fingers for the brave people of Iran that are fighting for their freedom now. now. Uh, A far far harder fight. So uh, I guess I can convey uh, support to them as well. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Um, yeah. I, f- and for anybody else that is fighting for freedom anywhere in the world, for people in Hong Kong, for people in Iraq, and uh, for people in Lebanon, and anywhere Lebanon, else, definitely. Yeah. And if you guys, you will, if if people have questions, can you they leave their questions in the comment section? Yeah. And then of course. Could, yeah. I'll okay. Be happy. I'll be happy to answer as much as I can. Okay, you will come and check your comments and see if you can answer them. So we're talking about Facebook, Facebook comment or YouTube. Where's it gonna be? YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, sure, no problem. Okay, great. Okay, cool. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> right. Thanks a lot. Right. Wait, Bye. wait. Don't go. Don't go anywhere. I'm just uh, gonna stop recording. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Atheists are under attack in many places. If they were Christians, their voices would be heard. If they were Jews, their voices would be heard. If they were Muslims, their voices would be heard. But they are atheists, and not many seem to be listening. Let's make it difficult for them to ignore us. We have built a global community, and now we are tearing down geographic, cultural, and language barriers so we can find each other and support each other. In the last decade, we have built the largest atheist community in the world. Now we are doing the same in other languages. With your help, we have started Atheist Republic in Persian and Arabic. 
انضميت مؤخرا لاسره ايثيست ريبابليك وحيصير عندي بودكاست باللغه العربيه As we grow, we can dedicate more time, staff and resources to start doing the same in Spanish, Portuguese, Malay, Bengali, Urdu, Hindi and other languages. We are providing community, support, informative content and amplifying the voices of those who need protection, especially in countries where people feel isolated simply for their lack of belief. We want to be there for them and we are only getting started. Help us get there. Check in the description for ways you can support our projects.